this is the stuff that you know you know you play in your bedroom at midnight like hunched over your guitar and like now like you have charts and your friends are playing it and it's so vibrant and radiant and I know that extra degree of like intention is just gonna make it so awesome it's late fall at Berkeley and the events calendar is loaded up with senior recitals I'm Brian Paris, and in this episode of Sounds of Berkeley, I wanted to learn more about what it means to put together your final recital as a Berkeley student. How do you encapsulate everything you've learned in eight semesters in one concert and make it feel cohesive? Is this a final testament or a confident new beginning? I sat down with three students with fall recitals on the books to dig into these and other questions. Bengisu Gokcha is a performance major and violin principal from Istanbul, Turkey. Her recital on December 3rd at 10 p.m. in the Berkeley Dining Hall will include originals and arrangements covering classical, Middle Eastern, and American folk genres. When I first decided to come to Berkeley, I'm actually like completely classically trained violinist. I hadn't done anything else. I hadn't played any other genres before or any other styles, but I always wanted to. And um, the reason that I wanted to come to Berkeley was discovering all those. I was like, what else I can do with my classical music knowledge on violin? So when I came here, um, in my first year, actually first two semesters, I studied with Mimi Rapson. We focused on like, how you can actually switch your brain from being a complete classical player to um, the other genres, you know, like the other genres player. Um, So we were working on some of the jazz and funk, you know, grooves and like weird like chord progressions and stuff. So after that semester, actually both semesters, I was like, whoa, like there was a lot to discover. Then beginning of this semester, I was like, okay, I tried a lot of things throughout my journey at Berkeley. I came here as a classical violinist, but then like, you know, in my, I think it was like my third semester or something, I also started to sing Turkish music, which was completely new in my life. I hadn't sang, like my my mom was like, wait, you're a violin player. <laughs> I don't even think that you have a good voice, you know? So I was just discovering a lot of new stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to put something at the end, which shows all that scale that, you know, I, I've been working on. For Gokcha, putting together her recital meant taking stock of the genre diversity she'd immersed herself in during her time at Berkeley, from leveraging her classical training into jazz and funk to rediscovering the range of Middle Eastern and Arabic music that permeates her home country. Combining those genres into a seamless show can seem like a daunting task, so I asked Gokcha how she went about binding her recital tracks. Now, I, if, if I look at my repertoire, it's going to be more like Middle Eastern slash Turkish kind of uh, vibe. But again, as I said, I touched some, you know, like jazz and old time, you know, um, part of the music too. So I was like, okay, I can mainly have that thing having the others like an orbit, you know. So that's, I think, the heavy, heavy part of my recital is going to be kind of like Middle Eastern. But this repertoire is more than just a collection of new tricks tried while she was a student. The deeper Gokcha got into these styles, she found a common DNA. What specifically is it that binds, say, an old-time track with a traditional Middle Eastern tune? So in Middle Eastern, including Turkish music, we have microtones. And um, they're like the smaller intervals, basically, 
than the, the tempered ones. And like we use it in our music without even thinking. And if you look at the old time American music, you guys have it too. And you guys use it without even thinking. And when I actually hear some of the old time tunes, I can actually find the scale. The, they call it, like we call it makam. The scales are actually exactly the same as how we use in the, you know, Middle Eastern music. And I was like, whoa, like if you look at the map, they're like completely different places, but they ended up using the same scale, naming them differently. Or maybe in American music, you don't even think about it, you don't even name it. But um, I was like, these two con- countries and cultures are so different, but they ended up having something very basic, but very fundamental, you know, sharing common. I was like, this is this is amazing. <laughs> Why don't I use it, you know? So that was actually uh, only one of the elements captured me when I first heard um, old-time music. In preparing for such an ambitious recital, Gokja cites the faculty and peers that she got to perform with throughout her time here. I find myself very, very lucky that I got to play with a lot of amazing visiting artists, also a lot of Berkeley teachers. Like I toured with them, I had concerts on and off campus. I got to share stages with like a lot of different artists, and they all inspired me, you know. So every time, as I said, I felt something, you know, that that flame, little one. I was like, what? What can I do with that? How can I use it in my own word or in my own words, basically? So for Gokcha, it comes down to using her newfound voice, highlighting the community she's become a part of at Berkeley, and also getting to try out the various skills she hopes to use after graduation. When I first came to Berkeley, I was like, okay, I want to be something that I wasn't before, right? So I wasn't a composer. Now I am at least trying. I wasn't a singer. Now I'm trying. So what I want to do after Berkeley is all of this. I just don't want to be called as a classical violin player, you know, because I came to Berkeley like that. I don't want to get out of Berkeley, you know, being the same person. So I want to be able to handle at least like if they call me for a jazz gig, I won't be... I want to be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, I can come. Or a classical like orchestra concert, of course I can play. I've played that before. You know, I just want to be as versatile as possible. And that is the person that I wasn't before. So that is actually leading to that. I was like, okay, this senior recital is going to be a little, you know, like demo version of it, demo version of what I want to be in my professional life after Berkeley. Castamello is a dual songwriting and performance major from Stoughton, Massachusetts. Her recital will be held on December 6th at 7 p.m. in the Burke Recital Hall. Titled Sunflower Songs, the recital will prominently feature her original folk tunes that carry a psychedelic edge. Like Gokja, Mello sees this recital as a way to bring together the community that has helped her to become a more confident and versatile songwriter. So I'm a songwriting and a performance dual major, so I wanted my recital obviously to be... um, mostly original stuff, stuff that I'm proud of that I wrote here. And I'm doing two covers to kind of break it up, but it's mostly all originals. And um, just playing with my friends, like people I've known for a long time, people that I'm really comfortable playing with, people who already know my original stuff. 
who are few. I mean, I don't really play my original stuff ever. So this is kind of like debuting me, you know? So it's a little scary. It's a little weird. So I wanted like my close buddies who have been there for me along the whole Berkeley journey. In terms of putting the set together, Mello relied on intuition, trying to keep things simple and not overthink the show. I think a lot of the decisions I made felt a little kind of like impulsive or random. But now that I'm looking back, I think it, you know, they were intuitive for the most part and like made sense. As far as like the set list, the songs that I chose, even coming up with the title, um, the vibe, like my players, it's all making sense now. But at the beginning, I think it was more like, all right, got to get going, got to plan this, just like go for it kind of thing. On the style and vibe side of things, Mello drew on her penchant for the personal, with her subject matter often coming from that same community that has supported her journey as a musician. I think everything I'm doing definitely has kind of... um, a sentimental value um, as far as my songs. Like, they're very personal. I'm sure you get that a lot. Like, my songs are so personal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. They're kind of weird. Like, I told you earlier, I wrote a song about Vincent Van Gogh called Dear Theo, and that's kind of part of where the Sunflower Songs title of the event comes from. And then, um, like, my best friend has a song. My dad has a song called Worry Man. I have a song called Indigo Child. Uh, My boyfriend has two songs. Like, everyone I love is, like, getting a song kind of thing. And I think that sentiment and that intention definitely you know, showcases through the performance and through the arrangements. And it does feel cozy, does feel warm, because I feel like it can't really feel any other way because there's so much of me into it. Drawing on a range of styles from 70s psychedelic rock to Portuguese fadu, her writing process relies on the same intuitive impulse she leans on when putting together a show, sometimes tuning a guitar to something unrecognizable and building her way into a song based on chord shape and feel. A lot of my, I don't know, composition is like super kind of like diffuse awareness, like intuitive. Like I'll just like tune my guitar to some tuning, like I don't know, and just like make these chords that are either like, you know, B11 over E, some sharp nine, blah, 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 or C over. They have like seven different names and I don't know, you know, what they are technically, but it just feels right. And Paula Cole, she's kind of been like my mentor, my teacher that like inspired me to write all this stuff that has heard everything in the workshop process I'll play something for her and she's like wow you're singing you know this note that is like found in Middle Eastern music or it's so strange that you naturally go here I so that I guess is the weird part of it but I don't think about that intentionally when I'm like composing anything it just kind of happens in like everything that I write like I just put the vocal in a weird place or like on the tension or, you know, suspended kind of note. Like it it just works out that way. And I think that's kind of been like the thread of consistency throughout all of my songs. This confidence, she says, came through her studies in the songwriting department, particularly through working with Paula Cole. Paula Cole's vocal perspectives of songwriting class, I recommend that everyone take it, um, really kind of opened me up to write from a different place like she gives us these prompts that are just so like out there like write a song about your dad write a song um about you know the myers-briggs personality test the 36 questions so we had to take that and like write um a song about your result kind of thing so write a song from the uh, perspective of your inner child like that's just so cool so that's where a lot of um the songs for my recital are coming from actually that class but i think it's really 
important to not get so bogged down by the little stuff because it's going to work out one way or another. And to be honest, like no one who listening to a song on the radio is going to be like, oh, line C didn't rhyme with line A, you know, kind of thing. So if you can get a message out, a sentiment and have it be beautiful and then go back and like tweak things to fix that formula if you want it to, like, I don't think it's that important. Then I think, you know, it works out that way. Like Gokcha, Mello sees this last recital as more of a hint or preview of things to come in her career as a songwriter, saying that putting together a set list is a form of organizational thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, just the kind of concept of putting together a set of like music that feels consistent and like it can kind of exist together for an hour and make sense is kind of thinking conceptually towards like an EP or an album. Um, whereas I know a lot of songwriters, like they'll have like a verse of something like hidden away somewhere on their computer and like, you know, like a chorus on like a scrap piece of paper or something. And this really kind of forces you to synthesize everything and create some sort of consistency. So that does ring true for me. Um, in a sense that, you know, after I finish school, I would love to start performing more of my original material and kind of create, um, kind of coherent sets of things that make sense. But even apart from what's next for her, Mello sees the recital as a gift to those who helped shape her, and she can finally show them the fruits of so many late nights, as she says, hunched over a guitar. I think that's the most rewarding part. Like, to have a whole band, like, play your music, it comes so alive. Like, after my re- first rehearsal, I was, like, in tears, because, like, this is the stuff that, you know, you know, you play in your bedroom at midnight, like, hunched over your guitar, and, like, now, like, you have charts, and your friends are playing it, and it's so vibrant and radiant, and I know just, like, that extra degree of, like, intention is just going to make it so awesome. So just the fact that my friends are going to be there, the people I love will be there, and I know, I know the music is going to make them emotional like that I I know I did a good job at that point so that's kind of what I'm holding out for when Elisa McConey arrived at Berkeley from her home country of Italy she'd never heard of Miles Davis It's maybe not just a little unexpected that she'd go on to declare jazz composition as her major and make it the focus of her senior recital, which will be on December 3rd at 1 p.m. in the Red Room at Cafe 939. But as she points out, the senior recital isn't just about the music. I think a lot of students don't necessarily think about their recitals until they actually get to it in their last semesters. And I found it, um, I thought that it was an interesting experience because it's not just about preparing the music, but it's about getting people together and booking the recital, like the rehearsals rooms, and it's just a lot to think about. And even even just promoting it and taking the pictures and making sure that you get someone to show up to it and everything, it's just a lot to think about. It's not just the composing part, but you have to arrange it, you have to promote. You're kind of what a band has behind them, like a producer, a business guy, and you have to do it all at the same time. So I think it's a learning experience mainly, but um, I just kind of thought about it as a opportunity to see what I really could do with a band, and I got excited about it, and 
I just wanted to make it as creative as possible, but at the same time reflecting kind of what my story was. With a background as a rock guitarist, McConey wanted to reflect her journey to jazz, synthesizing all of her interests. I got to Berkeley as a rock player, and I just kind of wanted to be a rock star, so performance major, you know, I'll go to L.A. and just be great about it. But then, I don't know, just kind of... I wanted to dual major because before coming here, I took a degree in English back in Italy so I could transfer a bunch of credits and that gave me the chance to have more to sign up for. So I declared the jazz comp and it's interesting because I didn't, when I got here, I didn't even know what who Miles Davis was. I didn't know anything about jazz, not even one thing. But um, the school really teaches a lot and I got to learn a whole lot about that. I'm not... I could never be like as good as someone who's been doing this for 20 years or anything, but I really learned a lot and I like that. And I wanted to mention that in the description of the event. And it does not only apply to the genre itself and the background kind of the music, because as I said, I write mostly ballads, rock ballads, and I'm going to arrange them in jazz. So that's kind of a cool feeling to it. But also it's about the people I work with because non I have a lot of like, Okay, my players are from many different parts of the world, basically. It's me from Italy and the alto sax player, she's from Italy as well. Then the piano player is from South America and we have Americans and one Chinese guy. So it's kind of this mix of musical genres and people and I think it'll be fun. So what was it exactly that converted an Italian rocker to a devoted pupil of American jazz? Getting exposed to it, I really loved Bill Evans' music. And just, like, listening to that, I was like, oh, man. Well, for one, like, I really wished I was a piano player. (laughs) And it's funny because I wanted to be one when I was a kid. And my parents just, you know, piano is too expensive. It's too big of an instrument. You're not doing it. So they got me a guitar instead. (laughs) But um, just, like, getting close to... I started with listening to Bill Evans' music. And then it turned into, you know, more complicated arrangements. And I think the real point was when I took survey of jazz comp I think that was the name of the class and it was just an awesome class because of how many things we got the chance to listen to and it was just kind of like the more I listened to it the more I wanted to learn how to write the same. So from old time to middle eastern rock to jazz folk to fadu senior recitals cover more than genres they chart the course of musicians finding and then using their voices in the context of the community that helped them along the way. Be sure to catch Gokcha, McConey, and Mello in their upcoming recitals, and keep an eye on berkeley.edu slash events for the countless other recitals happening this year on campus, each with a story and a journey as unique as what we heard today. For Sounds of Berkeley, I'm Brian Paris. This episode was recorded by Tony Brown and Zan Hanna in partnership with The Burn and engineered by Darcy Davis.